Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, a family law lawyer and partner at Brody Thorning LLP. Welcome to Divorcing Well. This week, the topic is starting again after divorce. And it's such a great topic um, because I always tell clients that you know, after divorce, you can, it frees you up to lead your best life and make the positive changes that, you know, you need to make. And starting over doesn't have to be a bad thing. A lot of people, you know, when they go through a divorce, they're, they're feeling down and defeated and, you know, but starting over can be a very positive thing. And I'm really excited uh, about my guest this week. Uh, her name is Shauna Lee and Shauna's story, um, may have started with a teen pregnancy after a difficult childhood, but she has perfected the art of starting again. So she's the perfect guest for this topic. After spending two decades in corporate America, pursuing project management and consulting while juggling multiple marriages, divorces, and single parenthood, Shauna is now an author and life coach, helping single moms walk through heartbreak and loss to create their own plan to begin again. Shauna helps her clients transform their chaotic, frazzled, and stressful lives into mornings where they wake up excited about what they get to do. She helps them gain more freedoms, control, and flexibility as they turn their days into ones that feel easy and fun. Welcome to the podcast, Shauna. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. So why don't you um, just tell us a little bit about your story, um, just so that listeners can understand a little bit about where you're coming from that brought you to what you're doing now. Sure, absolutely. Um, I think um, my story is similar and different uh, to probably most of your audience in that I know divorce well. I know the heartbreak and um you know, loss that comes from divorce, but I have really perfected the art of starting again and kind of picking up the pieces and moving forward to live my best life. Because as you mentioned, I have um, done that three times now, certainly not um, the direction I thought my life would, would take when I was just starting out in corporate America after college and still, you know, fairly happily married to my first husband. Um, But I, Let's see, I, I've been married three times. I have four children. Um, my first husband and I, um, that was a result of my teen pregnancy. And we have two children together. I call them my bigs. My older girls are 24 and 26. Um, we divorced. I remarried. He and I did not have children together. He had boys. I had girls. So we did the his and hers blended family for about four years. Um, When that marriage ended, I swore off being married ever again, as long as I shall live. And then life happened and I met my third husband. We started talking about babies and he and I have two children together, which I call my littles. Um, And my son is 11. My daughter is seven. And when that marriage ended, I very much felt like Ross Geller from Friends, if you've seen that episode (laughs) where he is trying to avoid the third divorce at all costs. That was definitely where I was at. And then I just thought, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons the first time around. Co-parenting did not go well. The divorce was what I refer to as the World War III version of divorce. It was, you know, every which way that it can be terrible. And I just sort of made a promise to myself that the third time around, I was going to take those lessons learned, apply them to do the co-parenting much better than I had the first time around, which I'm happy to report we are doing an amazing job of co-parenting these littles together. 
we live two blocks away from each other. We go to events together. My children don't have to pick and choose which parent they're going to be with. It's very fluid and flexible. And so once I, I realized that I was going to venture out of corporate America and do my own thing, it was actually after losing a job twice in the same calendar year. Um, so again, I was in the same feelings of a loss I didn't expect, not sure how to move forward. It was a lot of the same fear and anxiety that came from any of those divorce experiences. And I was able to apply the same you know, lessons learned and take my experience and figure out how I was going to make lemons, you know, lemonade out of lemons and um, start again to build a life that I could be proud of and would be a great example to other people. And so that's where I got the idea for my book. Um, so you're divorced. So what? And really just felt compelled to help other women do what I had done quite a few times. And here I am. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I always love inspiring stories. Because, you know, when people are out there in the trenches of divorce, um, it's always, you know, good for them to know that someone else has been through a lot of the same things and has come out the other end and leading a happy life. Um, Absolutely. Now, what, what is your mission with what you're doing now? So my mission really is to help single moms start again in whatever way that that is resonating with, um, uh, you know, any one of my clients or women that I work with is, is just to give them one, an example that it can be done and permission to dream big and want more for their life. And I, th I find that a lot of the women I work with um, really just don't know it's possible and aren't giving themselves permission to do that. So, so that's where my work comes in. And I create online courses. I've written a book. I plan to write many more books and I have private coaching available. So in any which way I can assist women in the process of creating that new plan um, to live their best life. That is what I'm doing. What's the name of your book? Because I know you told me and it's a great name. So I just wanted you to share it with listeners. It's called So You're Divorced, So What? And um, they can find that on my website, shaunalee.com um, or on Amazon. Um, but really the, the premise behind the book was women, there's such a sick stigma still around divorce and it's um, viewed so negatively that it feels like, you know, the scarlet A on your chest to admit that you are a divorced woman. And I really wanted to give women their power back and say, so you're divorced. So what? Let's figure out where you go from here. Well, that's great. Now, do you only work with women or do you work with men as well? I do primarily work with women. Single mom specifically is kind of my, my, where my passion lies. I really just feel like single moms who are struggling to balance it all by themselves in their home with their children um, really are probably some of the strongest women, uh, strongest people in that they are capable of doing quite a lot. Oftentimes they feel like they're alone and um, I, I really want to help them to know that they're not alone and that they can do it and kind of build them up a little bit. Um, but certainly everything that I offer can, can be valuable to anybody. I do have quite a few male followers um, and I've heard from quite a few divorced dads that say, you know, I know you're targeting women, but what you're, what you're doing is, is helpful to us as well. Yeah. Starting over is something that's, I think, challenging, you know, for everybody. I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, when you, especially if there's like a, after divorce and you've had a financial hit, you maybe not seeing your children as much as you used to, you're, you're moving all these sorts of things. Um, and in your own story, you had to start over a number of times. Um, what did you, what do you find to be the challenges with starting over and what advice do you have to people uh, who have to start over? I, I think the two things that come to mind initially are 
yes, you can. And no, you're not too old because that's a lot of what I hear from clients. And it's certainly what I was thinking to myself when I thought about writing. So this is actually the third book I've written, but the idea of actually writing a book in my mid forties was, oh my gosh, am I too old to do this? Am I too old to start a new business? You know, the imposter syndrome sneaks in. So I I think for, for me, anybody who's facing any element of, oh my gosh, how do I start over at this point in my life is you can, and it can be amazing. And of course you're not too old. You have the rest of your life ahead of you. A lot of people are afraid, right? That I think fear is kind of one of the biggest things um, that keeps people, you know, in bad relationships as an example. And, you know, their, their fear of, of starting over. What are some uh, suggestions you have for people to work through those kinds of fears so that they don't, uh, you know, stay frozen in a bad situation? So I think there's two things that come to mind. A lot of the work I do is mindset shift, um, internal dialogue. And a lot of the fear comes from these stories that we're telling ourselves, which oftentimes are just blatantly not true. Um, So a lot of the work I do is to kind of bust through those limiting beliefs to see where that fear is generating from. When you're able to change the story you're telling yourself and change the thoughts you're thinking, um, it does a lot to eliminate some of those fears. Um, But I would also say fear is completely normal and natural. And um, my recommendation usually is to do it scared, do it anyways. Um, There's, there's this um, perception that we won't have any element of fear if we're on the right path or doing the right thing, when in reality is everyone has some element of fear in their life on a daily basis, and you just make the decision to do it anyways. No, exactly. And, and I always say, like, we're, we're never going to be ready. So just you got to do it whether you're ready or not, you know? Absolutely. Yes. The hardest part, you know, for a lot of people is taking that first step. So what advice do you, you know, have for people to just get started and just take that first step to changing their life? So one of the things I say often is baby steps are better than no steps. So there's a, a concept, I think, that we think, oh my gosh, to write a book, I have to, you know, take this big, gigantic step and, and do this big, huge thing to get towards this goal. And I think lofty goals are amazing, but I also think um, sometimes it's just, what can I do in this moment to get me one step closer to where I want to be? And some days those steps are really tiny and you're just doing one little tiny thing. And some days it's the big, you know, leaps of faith and massive action. And, you know, all of that together, little by little adds up to get you where you want to be. So some days it's just giving people permission to um, take a tiny little step. And also I promote um, a lot of work I do is around self-care, especially with women Um, And so I think giving ourselves permission to, in some moments, do nothing and just pause, that is doing something to um, feed your spirit. And um, I think rest is important and self-care is critical. Um, So some days, you know, not doing anything is okay as well. Uh, Do you recommend that, um, you know, because sometimes when people go through a divorce, for example, they, it's like they want to make all these drastic changes, you know, once that divorce is final um, because they feel that they were, you know, spent so many years compromising or being kept down. Do you recommend people make drastic changes after, you know, a a loss or a, you know, a challenge like divorce or, or should it be done in baby steps? Um, I think it depends on what you're talking about. So um, this stage of wanting to make massive changes um, is very similar to, and this is actually one of the the next books I'll write is about sending kids to college and 
empty nesters. One of the recommendations I heard sitting in, um, you know, an auditorium at my second daughter's school, they're giving the, the big speech to all the parents in the room. Um, and one of the things they said was do not make a, a massive change. Um, and it was more about how do you support your college kid at this point? Um, but a lot of people, when they send their kids off to college, they, you know, completely change the room. They eliminate their kid's room and they turn it into an office or an exercise room where they sell their house or, you know, these are big, massive changes. Um, and sometimes something like that is more detrimental than helpful. Um, but when it comes to, you know, healing from divorce and finding, you know, one of the chapters in my book is find yourself. And it's all about discovering who you really are and, and in what ways you lost yourself in the marriage, what's important to you. Um, and sometimes that does mean you massively change your hairstyle and you cut it short when it's been long for years and hair will grow back and you can change the color and you can, you know, something like that might feel massive. Um, but it does so much to build confidence and, um, feel like yourself again, you know, and that same goes for the clothes you wear and maybe the places you go on a vacation. So it, it depends on what level of drastic changes you're talking about, but some are great and some are like, maybe we just hold off for a second. <laughs> yeah. Like selling, like I always think of the movie, um, with eat, pray, love, I think it's called, um, yes. You know, like sort of like, I, I, I think like selling everything or, and then like moving to another country or something might be a little drastic, um, for somebody, but it, for the, for another person, maybe that might be the right solution. I don't know. Exactly. And I think that's where, when, when I have the ability to work with a client one-on-one, -on -one, we can really customize what's appropriate and what's not appropriate for that specific person. So what are some ways that people can um, rebuild their confidence? Because divorce is, you know, generally hard on people's self-confidence. So what are some strategies that, you know, you would recommend, um, you know, if somebody out there listening to this is, you know, feeling their, their confidence is taking a bit of a beating and they want to figure out ways to build it up again? Oh, sure. I think, um, you know, in a lot of ways that does come back to self-care and discovering really who you are, but I think it's just doing some self-discovery and determining, you know, what sorts of activities and um, what types of people build you up and what leaves you feeling, um, you know, more inspired to do better things. And those are the, those are the types of activities and those are the types of people that I would recommend, you know, spending more time with and spending more time on. Um, what I find with a lot of women who are coming out, especially lengthy divorces, is they really just don't know the answer to those questions. They don't know what they like to do. They've, you know, spent, you know, a long time devoted to their family and their husband. And um, so some of that is just kind of trying on new activities and getting to know new people um, to discover what is it that I really like? What is it that builds me up? Um, and once you discover that and you spend more time doing that, your confidence is boosted. Um, and it's more about knowing who you are to feel more confident. That's so true. Um, yeah, the work we do is also like such an important part of our lives. And, um, you know, sometimes when people go through divorce, they maybe they were out of the workforce for many years and they're finding they have to go back into the workforce to support themselves. Um, and so it, when you're dealing with someone like that or even just someone who's in a job that they hate, um, but they're trying to, you know, be positive and, and, you know, start again. Um, what, what, what do you recommend for people, 
um, you know, what is the importance, first of all, of being fulfilled by the work you do? And if you're not, um, do you have any suggestions for somebody in that type of situation? Yeah, I think a, a lot of us um, stay where we are because it's a comfort zone or we go back to, you know, if someone's been out of the workforce and they re-enter, they go back to what they knew before just because it's comfortable and it's known and you kind of feel stuck in that way. Um, I think being fulfilled by, well, in being fulfilled by your life is so important. Um, how much of that has to be from your job specifically? It depends. So I, I think that when you're coming out of a divorce and you're, you're redefining what your life is going to look like, a lot of women are kind of questioning, is this career I've been in the one I want to continue in? Um, and especially if they are re-entering the workforce after a long time. Um, and I would just say that that question is important to everyone, regardless of whether or not they're getting divorced and um, regardless of where they are. I think everybody should think about, you know, is this, is this work I'm doing truly fulfilling me? And if not, how, how do I change that? And sometimes it is, I have to continue working at this job to pay my bills. Um, and so how do I you know, shift the story in my head or find some fulfillment in this role so that I'm happier. Um, and in a lot of cases, you know, one of, one of the um, people I follow on social media and listen to their podcast is Kathy Heller. And she, um, she's, her entire mission is um, don't keep your day job. And she's all about, um, it's really inspiring to hear a lot of the, the stories that she shares um, on people starting again, creating new careers, kind of stepping out of what they've done simply because they've always done it. Um, and I think that's a, a valuable question for most people to ask themselves is, is this really what I want to be doing for the rest of my life or the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years? And I think a lot of times people just need permission to be able to do something different and know how to get from point A to point B. And sometimes that's little tiny baby steps and you build a side hustle before it beca becomes your main hustle. Um, but I, th I think those types of conversations are super fun to talk about. And so um, that is a big component of working in my, my private coaching as well. And what, um, what are some of your private coaching sessions like? So if somebody comes to you and says, I'd like to work one-on-one -on -one with you, um, how do you approach that? And, and what do you do with them? What's the process? So I would say that the way they feel to a client is like they're having morning coffee with their girlfriend, having a conversation that's enjoyable. So we talk about, you know, you think about having cocktails with your friend after work um, and that conversation with your bestie where you feel safe to confide and you feel um, inspired to think of big things um, and being able to admit fears. I think that's really kind of the feeling that's generated in those coaching session sessions, but we talk about all sorts of things. So it really just depends on how we are customizing their plan. A lot of the, the session is, um, you know, me being an accountability coach to them and being able to kind of keep them on track and check in on their progress against any given goal. I think a lot of, of coaching is really just um, helping identify blind spots. So, you know, we can so easily see for another person what they could do differently or what we think they should do. Um, and it's often harder for the person in the situation um, to kind of see it for themselves. Um, and so that's where I come in and I can kind of help give that perspective. Um, and I think to answer your question, it really depends on the, the package, the length of time that they are committing to work with me. If it's just a session at a time or we're committing to a 90-day plan, 
Um, it really depends on what the goal is for that particular client as to, you know, how those sessions are progressing. Do you help uh, people with co-parenting? Absolutely. There's a chapter in my book that is devoted to co-parenting. And I actually have an online course. It's called Chaos to Calm. And it's a step-by-step guide over the course of four weeks to walk people through um, converting a very chaotic uh, co-parenting situation into one that is smooth and flexible and easy. Um, I think in my personal experience and also coaching um, all these women through the years, I, I have the ability to really give some tips and tricks along the way to improve things. Um, and it's probably what prompted me to write the book to begin with, just because I see so many people, you know, struggling and not doing it very well. Um, and sometimes it's little tiny tweaks that can be made that make a massive impact in improving that working relationship with your ex-partner. For sure. And I think, you know, one of the issues that I see come up even with my clients is, you know, when they're going through a divorce, often they don't like their spouse. I mean, you know, they just, they don't like them. And, you know, they, so that's one of the challenges that they have with co-parenting. And so, you know, what would you say to that? Do you have to like your spouse in order to be able to co-parent with them effectively? Absolutely not. Um, In fact, that was a conversation I had just this last week, um, that you do not have to like your spouse in in order to co-parent well. It's about um, shifting what was a romantic, intimate relationship with this person you used to be married to into a very um, smooth working relationship. And when you you remove the emotional element and you think about your commitment to your children being the, the forefront of that, you know, think about all of the people that you work with on a daily basis that you have to, you know, amicably work together, but you don't have to like this person as a person. Um, And the same goes for your ex-spouse. So it's funny when people see my ex-husband and I working really well together, and it's confusing because they don't see that example very often. Um, But also, you know, we just know what what to discuss and what not to discuss. Um, We know each other really well, and so we can avoid conflict where it isn't really important. Um, You know, some of that is picking your battles. but also just deciding that it, it doesn't matter if you like them or not like them, but you're committed to working well together for your children. Oh, totally. Um, one of the things you said to me in uh, the email that you sent me when we were, were connecting uh, uh, off of social media and connecting by email was um, a mindset thing where you said uh, expect it to go well. And I really like that because I think when people are going through you know, a divorce, often they're expecting the worst. And so um, can you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, just having the mindset of expecting it to go well? Yeah, I think our expectations really drive what our experience ends up being. So, you know, if, if you're really expecting it to go poorly, chances are that's what's going to happen. Um, and I think one of the questions I ask often is, what do you want it to look like? How do you want it to go? Like, what is your goal? Your best case scenario. You look back and you think this past year was the best year of my life. What does that look like? And what does that mean to you? And that's where you need to put your focus. Um, You choose the actions, you choose the words you say, you choose the thoughts you think that are going to back that up, that vision that you have. And it, it, it's just the craziest thing that it ends up happening more often. So um, I, I think, yes, expect it to go well, be committed to that being the goal um, and things go much smoother. 
Now, do you have any current projects that you're working on that you'd like to share with listeners? Well, I do have a current um, online offer that's open. It's called Holiday Mindset Makeover. Um, again, specific to single moms during the holiday season when it tends to be, well, yes, some fun holidays, a very stressful time of year. And so I really wanted to kind of do a, I wanted to present a program that would allow them to embrace the holiday season and give them permission to let go of things and delegate more and, and really be intentional about what they're choosing to participate in. I think there's a lot of obligation that gets us committed to events. And, you know, this year will be very different, obviously, um, with everyone questioning social activities and picking and choosing more, more in, you know, intentionally, but this program is available on my website, but it's a six week challenge where you get a weekly email with some guidance for how you can uh, approach the holidays and lighten your load and feel better and enjoy your holiday season more than ever before. Now, um, if listeners would like to get in touch with you, how can they find you? They could go to uh, shaunalee.com, which is my website. It's And Shauna is spelled no way anyone will ever guess. It's A-U-N-N-A. Um, or you can find me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, at Simply Shauna Lee. Thank you so much for joining me today. You provided uh, so much helpful information to listeners. And I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that it was helpful for your audience and I look forward to speaking soon. Likewise. And thank you to my listeners for tuning in, subscribing, please like, share, and keep coming back. And I will see you next time on Divorcing Well. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.